good day in the neighborhood. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good night. You know what that growl and who's that voice belongs to. That's the Fifth of Wildcat. It's another installment, another podcast of KG, the Fifth of Wildcat and Doc. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing well, doing well. Things are going good in the, in the city of Houston College, college sports-wise so far and it's this fall. What do you think, Dr. Seville? I'm doing all right. I was a little disappointed with the HBCU basketball tournament announcing that there would be no tournament, so that means I can't see an early version of the Texas Southern Tigers facing up with Memphis State Spartans. Uh, well, we're going to do We're going to Well, I wonder if I could mention what, what, what I was told uh, within the half hour. I would. Okay. Norfolk State is coming to AT&P Arena to play TSU on November 9th. Really? I figured uh, that was going in that direction because so, I knew yeah. they were going to play the game. I have not heard why the Classic was canceled or whatever, but uh, uh, I can give well, you an update ahead, on please. that. That's why you're here, Doc. Um, they were not uh, able to get the sponsors that they thought they were, and the two that they had landed had backed out uh, because of other financial obligations. So he used the term that um, it was actually suspended as if he's going to try to do it next year. But I think they're going to have some major problems moving forward. But, uh, yes, Norfolk State and TSU will be playing on the 9th, and TSU playing, not sure who, but somebody else on the 11th. I give a lot of credit to Norfolk. Uh, they came down here maybe seven years ago, it seems like. At the beginning of Barton's, uh, rule, they came down to Prairie. Right. The mm-hmm. game, um, about seven years ago, and that was at the beginning of the previous coach's reign. Since then, he's obviously won a tournament, won two MEAC championships, and parlay that into a bigger job down there, what is it, Florida, International Florida, Atlanta. I get him confused, but he went to one of those programs. Let's talk uh, football. We'll get back to basketball in a few moments. That would be appropriate. We had, citywide, we had a decent showing on the college football scene. We we'll don't have to worry about the Texans because they were off. But they, they were in the news today as well as a Cougar legend, Case Keenum. The tab started to go against the Colts and Andrew Luck on Sunday. I'm just saying that out there because I'm a Cougar alum. Nowhere near a legend like Case Keenum. But overall, uh, U of H football blasted Rutgers, ruined their homecoming on the road. It is called at night, 49-14. We have a TSU beating Grambling in overtime, which shocked me, even though Grambling was going through all their controversies and turmoil, but that was a road win for TSU. That was a big road win. You'd be surprised when you beat the 0-19 and call it a big road win. But after the Grandma State Tigers being all four weeks, and if they would have happened to find a way to beat the Texas Southern Tigers, that would have been quite embarrassing. Um, it would have been noticed, and we would have saw another situation. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd have, and that's being honest, because they haven't been on the field since the practice. Uh, so they boycotted practice, uh, over a week ago. Am I yeah, right? they boycotted officially that, uh, Wednesday before last. Um, so that means they didn't get not get back on the field until last Monday. Uh, so they were off essentially for a week. Did not play the game on Saturday. And then they found a way to get back on the field this past Saturday and played a pretty tough game. They jumped out on the Tigers. The Tigers missed a lot of opportunities early, uh, throwing some interceptions getting sacked when they were right in field goal range, uh, such that they couldn't kick the field goal, and then you had the point that they missed the field goal. So they were really uh, hurting themselves in that game, and you give momentum to a team that has kind of found a new uh, rallying cry, if you would. And so they took a early 
pretend lead into halftime and actually uh, allow the field goal from Texas Southern to kind of give Texas Southern some type of semblance of momentum going into halftime. And then Texas Southern kind of rose on top, scored uh, late in that game to uh, force overtime. Uh, got a block kick, field goal attempt by Grambling, and then scored a touchdown uh, to go away with the win, winning 23-17 in overtime. Talk about the Prairie View. We're not as fortunate as uh, TSU. They lost the shootout. Yeah, again, uh, Prairie View, uh, offensively, they find a way to get it done. If you're in the same by offense, they put up a lot of yards. That game itself had over 1,100 yards. Both teams had over 500 yards of offense. They put in a second quarterback, if you would, because uh, Lovelock, Jerry Lovelock, was somewhat hurt in that game, so they decided to go with DeAndre Smiley. Didn't miss a beat. He put up 408 yards and four touchdowns. So whatever they do on the offensive side is like magic. get it done. And it's just as good as they are on the offensive side. It's just as bad as they are on the defensive side. Again, they uh, defensively gave up 555 yards while offense put up 585. Um, Passing-wise, Prairie View did it on in the air, 408 yards, but they allowed Jackson State Tigers to rush for 320 yards on the ground. So it was an offensive affair, and uh, basically went back and forth to late in that game. Jackson State scored a rushing touchdown to kind of pull away and win the game 51-38. to The only saving grace for fans around here that follow the Panthers is the fact that Southern lost an overtime game to Alcorn State Braves 44-38, to which means they're only a game and a half behind, which means they're still in the race for the SWAC championship game that will be held here in Houston, Texas, and Reliance Stadium. Wildcat, do you have anything to say about your beloved Owls? I have not a whole lot, but just point of emphasis. Uh, this is a good, under Coach Dave Baylor, uh, the team seems to have found a consistency. There's a lot of love in the, in the locker room. Uh, the, the one good thing that they need to, is Coach made an emphasis on Saturday and again today, that uh, they need to get off to a, uh, an earlier start. They're offensively, they're having a slow first quarter, and if they have a quick one, they're not able to sustain it starting in the third quarter. So he's, he's trying to get them to play a complete game, which he references as four quarters of football instead of just two or three. Uh, the other thing was the defense is playing well. They're able to, to stop teams when they need to, which seems to have been their rally this uh, this season, even though they've got two big, uh, a, couple, a couple of big uh, running backs in uh, Peterson and uh, Charles Ross, who's a big house, uh, the big horse for them right now. He's rolling down, averaging about uh, 135 yards a game. And when he gets out into a uh, head of steam, he's off to the race. He doesn't look as, as quick, you know, when, when you see him. But when he steps out and gets, gets past that, uh, that secondary, it's a race to the end zone. Uh, the other thing that, that they are starting to get a lot more development from is Taylor uh, McCarr. He's starting to see things a lot easier now in the game. He's starting to get leads better. They're starting to balance out the offense now and get things done. Uh, it looks like they're going to be, uh, this weekend's uh, matchup with them in uh, North Texas will be a, uh, a pretty good one because North Texas right now is, is defense right number one in the conference. So we'll see what this offense looks like when we've got to play uh, a, a road game in a new stadium and maybe a hostile crowd. Uh, they've been under some, uh, some uh, uh, reconditioning, some changeovers, but they seem to have gotten it, they've gotten it straight now. They've got, this is, I think they had their third straight win this, this past weekend. 
But we'll see. Because uh, a rice that uh, needs to get seventh win to secure that, that, that bowl situation and not just being dependent on you know everybody qualifying at six. So with that, you're being you're being kind of modest, Wildcat. Surprisingly, well, you know, sometimes so you know, you, that way, you know you didn't even say that Rice blasted UTEP 45-7 on Saturday it wasn't to improve the six and two on the season. You touched oh, a little bit that they're bowl eligible, but they're bowl eligible for back-to-back years for the first time since 1961. That's a big deal, there, sir. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. So you know why he doesn't know now? It's because he's showing so much love to Houston Baptist University now. So you forget about that. Oh, so now he's become an HBU man. He's not doing anything about that. You know, that's I see how, he, I see how he, he's, he's, his loyalties have changed all of a sudden. Now he's going over to the startup over there. You know, and, and they lost in Incarnate Word or whoever it was, right? Was it? Right. It was Incarnate Word. 20, 24 to 3. Could get going. Um, I'm not like I'm headed by that tomorrow to talk to coaches and uh, find out what transpired this past weekend. You can find that, uh, that information up, uh, at, uh, AKSVCSR, blogspot.com. Uh, you can go to kingsideview.com on the front page. Where it says college sports report. Hit that tab and boom. That link and that video, uh, that uh, interview will, will be up and running. Uh, yeah, that, uh, uh, Incarnate Word is another transition program to the FCS that will be joining the Southland. Obviously with Houston Baptist as well as Abilene Christian, which is interesting that Prairie View will host Abilene Christian in two weeks. So. That kind of ties everything together. We'll see what they look like then. Uh, only because that's a seasoned ball club. And I, as Coach uh, mentioned when they were here, they've been you know, in the football business for a pretty good while at Abilene Christian. Yeah, they're 5 and 4 on the season. And uh, they've had their share of good teams. Incarnate Word improved to 4 and 4 on the season. Obviously, with Houston Baptist for 2 and 3. Now. Uh, and speaking of HBU, the rescheduled game with Texas College. As they did with, uh, on Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. It'll yeah. be interesting what that game looks like considering that time. It won't be interesting. Well, when you cancel the game to go ahead and get some money, and you at least somebody in the, in the I park. thought you were talking about actually oh, the action on the field. It'd no. be interesting the fact that they were able to reschedule. I'd be yeah, excited yeah. for that. Yeah. But I thought you were yeah. talking about the action oh, on the field. No. In terms of Texas right. College, they're struggling mightily. Uh, Very much so. More so yeah. than HBU? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. have one yeah. win on the season essentially, and that was against another NAI program. They've uh, lost some scores, 40, 50 points. Um, so so they're not in the football business. You two gentlemen saying that the Huskies may improve to what three and three on the season? Yeah, they'll, they'll get. I'll be all but surprised if they don't find a way to really run away with that game against the Texas College students. Yeah. Okay. Doc, tell everybody about uh, your top ten. If you don't mind, sir. I'm going to give them the top five and ask them to go to the website. That's smart. Very them, good. Good teaser there, whole, sir. Whole thing You're learning. You're learning. So they can see the entire top poll, and we'll get into it. We'll give them quickly top five in the mid-major, and then the major. There was some big-time games this weekend in the majors. But with all that said, there weren't any upsets. All the higher seeds won the game. So uh, in terms of a major weekend, this is probably the best HBCU weekend in terms of top teams playing each other from both the MEAC SWAC, including Tennessee State out of OVC. But with all that said, the same, all the teams that were up at the top had higher seeds, won the game. But let's look in this top five of the top ten. They can go to onondon.com, www.onnidan.com, as well as tspnsports.com. Uh, they can also go to um, t 
phd-agency.com and look at the poll. Uh, finally, I like to go to College Sporting News to get the preview on Thursday to tell you those big time games that you want to look at for the weekend. At number five, we have the Shaw Bears at five and three, 65 points. They remain at the fifth spot after the beat, defeating Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls 39 to 33 as they continue to win. This week, they have a tough challenge. They're on the road. They're at Winston-Salem State Rams, which is the top program, as you could imagine, as they continue to win. That creates a top five matchup. At number four, you have the Stillman Tigers, five and three, 72 points. Remaining at number four after defeating Central State Matters Orr, 35 and 33. versus Miles Golden Bears this weekend, which creates a top ten match. At number three, you really start to separate the cream to the crop of Virginia State Trojan, 71, 90 points. Staying at number three, defeating Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions, 34 to 14. They're at Shawan Hawks. At number two, you have Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 71 out of the SIAC. 99 points. Remaining number two, defeating Kentucky State Thoroughbreds at 36-7. They versus Central State Matadors this weekend. And number one, you have the Winston-Salem State Rams, 7-1. All 11 first-place votes, 111 points. Remaining number one after getting their seventh straight victory as they just continue to dominate teams this weekend. They shut out the Livingston Blue Bears, 40-0. As we said, they have a top-five matchup versus Shaw Bears. I think they'll continue to get it done. Let's move over to the big boys. At the major division, HBCU level, at number five, you have Alcorn State Braves, 72. They move up from the sixth spot as there are some changes here, defeating Southern Jaguars in the thriller, 44-38 to in overtime. The versus Alabama A&M Bulldogs this week as they get back after playing three straight road games at home. At number four, the versus Alabama State Hornets, 6-2, 82 points. Uh, moving up from the sixth spot after defeating their in-state rival Alabama A&M Bulldogs, 31-7. They're at Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, that's the FBS program at the SEC. Won't be very easy for the Hornets. At number three, Jackson State Tigers, 7-2, 94 points. We're moving up from the fourth spot after defeating Prairie A&M Panthers. We told you about that, 51-38. This week, they're open as they prepare to continue with their undefeated season in conference play. At number two, yeah, the Tennessee State Tigers, 7-2 on the season. Previous ranked two, but they stay there even though they lost to Eastern Illinois Panthers, which is the number two FBS program in the country, defeated the FBS program and narrowly uh, lost to F, uh, NIU, uh, that is a top 25 team. They beat up on the Tennessee State Tigers 34 to 16. The Tigers at Eastern Kentucky Colonels, as it doesn't get any easier, the Kentucky Colonels have one conference loss as the Tigers try to bounce back this weekend. And number one, Bethune Cookman Wildcats, 7-1, 10 first place votes, 109 points, defeated South Carolina State Bulldogs, who were previous ranked number three. That was a big time matchup this weekend. They were at home celebrating homecoming and they did it right, defeating the Bulldogs 14-3 in a defensive affair. But it wasn't really as close as the score indicated as they really dominated the Bulldogs on the defensive side of the ball. They're at North Carolina Central Eagles this week that does create another top 10 matchup. The only one this week in HBCU action, but I don't think the Wildcats will have a problem with that. Again, if you want to hear the entire top 10 poll, as there were some teams that fell out and some changes there, you can go to onadon.com, www.onnidan.com, or tspnsports.com for the preview of the week. Again, go to collegesportingnews.com so you can get all your latest and updates on the HBCU's mid-major and major division football top 10 poll rankings. Thank you, sir. And, uh, Let's talk about my Houston Cougars. Already I touched on the 
bump up in that game. Rutgers 49-14. The Cougars um, will be on ESPN on Thursday on Halloween. That's right, ESPN. Not ESPN2 or ESPNU or ESPN3. ESPN, the mothership. No W? Uh, no, 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 sir. Not, e, not even, not, not even ESPNW. No, they're going to be on Mothership this Thursday, six o'clock kickoff, when they play the struggling, woeful USF football team. I'm not really sure why ESPN picked this game as a conference matchup. Maybe they're just making sure to get both conference members on TV. And I, I, I think the way the contract is set up for every team to get at least one, one, shot. one Thursday game or one shot on, one on the shot. network. One shot. Because of one shot, that's different than being on, on the mothership, you know, but whatever. I'm, I'm not taking anything for granted. The Cougars are both eligible and got to get another win. They can't look past USF before they play UCF. Team is also uh, undefeated in conference play next week. They can't look past them. I know U of H, uh, the school is having shuttles set up for students to, to uh, be driven to the game at Reliance Stadium, trying to do all things, you know, costume party, costume contest, oh. Halloween, everything like that type of thing. The football team is going to be playing in new uniforms, Halloween uniform kind of thing. So check that out. You know, little black and red helmets. It's, it's pretty nice. You know, you can go to the website and com. Check it out. Got to plug my school too. I'm, I'm a cougar to the core. Some folks question that, but that's on them. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, the Cougs are 6-1 overall after beating up on Rutgers 3-0 in the conference. We still call them, it's called the conference the act, right? Yes. Because it's not it's basketball season. Not, basketball not quite season. yet. So. They're still the act, not the American. So, uh. That was wrong from the, from the, uh, from the audience today. But it should be, it should be a game that the Cougars win. I'm not sure what the, the, uh, quote unquote line is for the game, but it's a game that the Cougs should win. Offense is, you know, playing very well. Donald Corn through five touchdowns against Rutgers. You could see, who joked on Twitter on Saturday during the game, how Rutgers is going to the, the Big Ten after this year. They're suited for that because speed wise, they just want to, they want to even, and I, I mean, the Cougars aren't a, not a super fast team, team right. but they were way faster than Rutgers. Now, I'm glad you missed that because apparently this, that's what's going on this, this season. Teams like SMU, U of H, that's been accustomed to playing, playing that, that, that fast, quick game, you know, getting a, almost 100 offensive plays uh, in a game on, uh, during the game. They are able to, when it's late in the game, to find that, that second, third gear. And just kick it in and start rolling. And teams can't keep up, uh, especially with games being in the daytime like they are right now. And those teams are being accustomed to being, in, you know, three yards in the cloud of dust, uh, three lines in the cloud of dust. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting how none of them have have adapted to these quick teams coming in from Conference USA because now that's going to be the norm. You know, what you saw this year, this, this is what you're going to see from now on. And it goes back to uh, the email or text that I sent you this morning. It'll be ironic that uh, in a year when both teams, uh, both Rice and U of H, are not in the same conference, that both coaches will probably be uh, finalists for a coach of the year in that particular conference, only because of what they've done this year. And I, you know, and I think that's legit. You know, the Cougs still have two sub-conference games left against Louisville and UCF. Uh, both on the road, and if they somehow win both of those, then I think Coach Levine locks up a conference coach of the year in the in the act. Um, 
I'll have to call it American then. That, that, that happens. Yeah. If they win those two games on the road, we can call it the American then. Yeah. <laughs> and Definitely. Yes, football fans. <laughs> we'll be the American <laughs> at that point. Because when I'm the conference, thinking. they'd be, uh, being in the BCS Bowl. Bowl that's right. So, because this is the last year that, that's that right. Old Big East is a BCS member for the bowl stuff. So, if they pull that off, it would be pretty big for the program as you start to move into the new stadium. And I'm getting a chance to look at these uh, Houston uh, unveil these black Halloween uniforms mm-hmm. that you talked about. That's really, really nice. You can do some marketing things with that. And that's going to be good on television. It's going to help recruiting as you continue to win. Uh, it's a nice little statement there. And I, I hope, you know, the game being played at Reliant, I hope it's at the very least 30,000 folks in a stadium at the least the bottom bowl is, is full. And uh, to look good on TV. So I hope that I hope that I haven't heard about how ticket sales are going. But I think things are going well. Um, the stadium is halfway complete as of today. Officially, they had a few ceremonies, videos, and now on YouTube, they uh, finished one of the beams that students signed. It's basically a student I beam placed in, and basically the stadium is halfway done now. It's just the halfway point. Yeah, for completion of the stadium. So they on schedule. Everything is on schedule to be ready. So they've been they've been fortunate to not have bad weather enough to where they've been starting to you know been out a week or two weeks you know trying to, to work around that that situation. Now they've got uh, power and all on that lower deck. They can actually start working you know inside and all start sealing up things on that low, on that lower deck. Oh, that's huge. Upper deck now on the, on the uh, north end is pretty much uh, sealed in, and they'll put beams and all on the, on the uh, south end of that field. It's gonna look nice. It's gonna look nice. I have to give them credit. You know, it's, 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 they're moving along at a pretty good pace. It, it, it may be on time. I know those project managers are happy. They get a bonus there. Indeed, yeah. gentlemen. I've I've been. I know what that means. Gentlemen, yeah. gentlemen, gentlemen. October twenty ninth, Tuesday, is a great day in my life. You know why that is? NBA season starts on October 29th. I thought it was you for the Dr. there. No, no, hell no. <laughs> hell, hell no. Ain't no way in the world. That would, that'd be like, Twitter would explode. Because hell would have frozen over. The world would have turned on its axis. Sure? All kinds of bizarre things would have happened to happen for me to get married. At this point? Suddenly, like that. I'd have to meet somebody. I, I ain't met her yet. I mean, oh, there's no, no doubt that that'd be a miracle. Literally, literally, a miracle, a miracle hey, would have to happen. The door. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's two weeks in a row. the night is still young. We still got time left in this day. So if I meet her here, you know, I haven't met her yet. That's all I'm saying. Let me just say that. But anyhow, hoops starts tomorrow. We got three games on the schedule. Indiana Pacers are going to blast the Orlando Magic. 6 p.m. tip off. TNT's got a doubleheader tomorrow. Pretty good game, this doubleheader. Chicago Bulls. At the defending champions ring ceremony, Miami Heat, followed by the Clippers and the Kobe-less Lakers. Well, it may not be a very good matchup now because Kobe's not going to play. Right. But uh, the Battle of Los Angeles, Clippers got to try to do continue their reclaiming or claiming that they're the best, the better team in Los Angeles. As they cover up the championship for the Lakers. It's about time to do that. I mean, you know. They share their arena. They need to make sure their home games look like Clipper home games instead of looking like Laker home games up the top, looking at the Raptors. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this and ingesting out. But did it take a coaching change for that to happen? Probably. Because apparently everybody else was all satisfied just being in the village. 
yeah. you know, and having a place to play. So, you know, it's just, you make a coaching change, and he looks up and says, wait a minute now. I got a problem with this. I think Doc Rivers, I think Doc being in charge, definitely had a a huge thing in there. No doubt. Especially coming from Boston and not liking all things Lakers. Last thing he wanted to be at his game and look up and see some banners for the Lakers. Yeah, definitely. So I think he definitely had a play in that. Um, We're going to talk about the Rockets a little bit. They had their open practice yesterday. I heard it was very well attended. That's very good. And I know fans, Rocket fans, media. Hell, I'm excited about Rocket season because it's been a long time since Rockets were very good and expected to be very good. They opened the season on Wednesday versus the Bobcats. That should be a win. They played the Mavericks Friday also at home. Should be another win. But I'm looking forward to it. I don't think they have not accomplished Tad Brown, President Tad Brown's goal of selling out all the home games yet. I think they're on their way to accomplishing that. They just haven't done it yet. And I think it's going to help them with the uh, Houston, Texas, obviously, this year. Houston still, Texas still, the South, the football is king. But uh, with it looking like the team being dead with the Texans and that stretch run that they had, I think that's going to help um, the Rockets transition much faster, at least the fans gaining an interest into the Rockets. Oh, I agree. And we talked about this in previous podcasts that if, you know, before the season, right around the start of the season of Texas beginning, Everyone was saying the Texans are a Super Bowl favorite and, and all these issues and expecting them to go far. If that would have happened, Rockets, combined with the fact that no television. no television for most of the city, they'd have been an afterthought until February. You know, but Texans are fall apart at 2-5. and five. If they lose Sunday, they'd be 2-6. and six. Case Keenum or no Case Keenum, I don't think they're going to beat the Colts. But if they lose at 2-6 and six, halfway point of the season, they're pretty much done. Right. We're making the playoffs. Rockets can have it all to themselves. We got to a good start. You know, who, who knows? And I, right. I tweeted this earlier. I mean, you said your, your, uh, blog and you mentioned your stuff. I forgot to mention my, my information. I'm not really poor on me. Uh, HoustonBrownBarReview.com. I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. Wildcat and I both have our YouTube channels. Mine is HoustonBrownBarReview. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. But mine is the, uh, Cars 44. Uh, on YouTube. Are you on Instagram yet, sir? Are you on, what is the thing you told me about? Uh, uh Telly? you on that yet? Uh, yeah. You're on that. So yeah. is that, is that an account for people to follow you? What is, what is, where you on uh, that? It's, it's listed as the, uh, as the, uh, college sports report. And what it allows me to do is take my short videos and load them up. And, and, it's, and it's almost like Twitter with, with, with videos, what it is. Okay. How is that spelled? How is Telly spelled? T-E-L-L-Y or what? T-E-L-L-Y. So it's telly.com slash yeah. college 44. Yeah. Cool, I'll check that out. Always never too old to learn something new. Thank you, sir. No Thank problem. you very much. No okay. Uh, NBA season. I'm just going to give you my division winners. Uh, Eastern Conference, Atlantic Division. The Brooklyn Nets. It's the Nets and the Knicks. That should be those matchups playing four times. I think all of those games, all four matchups, be on TV as they should. Mm-hmm. Probably some fights break out of some of those. At least one of those games. <laughs> I'm expecting some some suspensions from one of those matchups because they don't like each other at all. But the Brooklyn Nets win that division. Central division will come down to uh, Chicago Bulls and Indiana Pacers. Uh, that should be a very good division. Bulls, Pacers, Cleveland Cavaliers, and my Detroit Pistons. All four of those teams are good. And improving in the other two, in the Cavs and Pistons cases, 
the Pistons have one of the young, up-and-coming big men, Andre Drummond, uh, who people, including myself, in two seasons, two or three seasons, should be the best big man in the NBA. That's including Dwight Howard. Yeah, I said that. that. That's how good he can be. He he averaged 12 rebounds per game in the preseason in probably 30 minutes a game, 30 minutes per game preseason. Andre Drummond is very talented. He is the face of the Pistons. They have, they have, you know, hitched their wagon to him. And that includes jo- newly signed Josh Smith and big man Greg Monroe. The Pistons are Andre Drummond's team. Southeast Division, that's the Miami Heat Division. Next, uh, Western Conference, Northwest Division, and folks still forget this, but the Oklahoma City Thunder are in, still in the Northwest Division from Seattle, so they're going that division. Now, Pacific, Clippers Division, Southwest, Rockets are in this division. I'm still picking the old man, meaning the San Antonio Spurs, to win the division. Why not? Because of Why not? Popovich, Tony Parker, old man, the big fundamental, clockwork, Tim Duncan, Manu is still there. But Kawhi Leonard, I expect him to have a continue to get better and help be form a new big three for the Spurs. I'm picking the Rockets to finish ahead of the Grizzlies because because I think the talent's better. I think James Harden be better. I think Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is Rockets' best power forward. They can, you know, the last three preseason games they went in to match the Spurs, they match the Grizzlies, and Dwight Howard, Omar Asik are better front court tandem, front court big man duo. Than Marcus Saul and Zach and Zebo and Zach Randolph. They're more okay. athletic. We'll have to see if they are as physical and as tough, and they can how they react to getting punched in the mouth figuratively, not necessarily literally. You know, literally <laughs> when it comes to playoff time. But I think, and I'm talking regular season now. Regular season, I think the Rockets are a better team than the Grizzlies. Come playoff time, when it's half court, you bump and grind, right. and a barn improvement and getting a, a true power forward and trading Omer out of here and getting to upgrade that power forward, Memphis could probably beat the Rockets in a playoff series. We're talking 82-game season right now. I'm picking the Rockets to win. I'm staying 52 to 55 wins for the Rockets. Spurs will be right around 56, 58. So it'll be close. That's what, uh, that's what Vegas has them at right now. But that's, that's, that's what I think there. I, I think the best team in the West I just, you know, Blake Griffin got to do a little bit better. I like that they, they added, added J.D. Reddick shooting-wise. If Chris Paul has an MVP caliber season averaging 25 and 10 or 12 assists, which he may have to do sometime for the Clippers, they'll be the best team in the West. But as long as Kevin Durant is playing for the Thunder, and as soon as Russell Westbrook gets back healthy, Thunder's the best team in the West in the regular season. Now, playoff time, we'll see how everything plays out. But Eastern Conference, Miami Heat team to beat defending champs. They'll get a run from the Bulls and Pacers and Brooklyn. Those top four teams right there in the East. Those, the East is no longer the, the weaker conference. What do you think sure, about yeah. Golden State in the West? I like them. They score a lot of points. And, uh, I mean, they're not going to stop anybody, but they're going to score a lot of points. So, are they, are they a balanced group more than, than you know, finding this? Are they finding this as, as Golden State or, or uh, Golden State? Is it just a, a balanced group out there, you know, with, the, the not so much offense, defense, but their bench and their starters have figured out what? that they want to just work it all together and, and kind of go back to the, to the Don Nelson days where, you know, just 
everybody just scoring all over the place. They're not, you know, interchangeable parts. They'll be as good as, overall, they'll be good as Andrew Bogut is healthy. Oh. They signed him to a, a a contract extension was kind of surprising. A lot of money for, for a guy who hasn't been healthy. He hasn't played a full season in four or five years. But uh, you, know, you got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, great shooters. Harrison Barnes come off the bench for him now with Iguodala inserted to start lineup. So, I mean, they are good and talented. And Clippers, Warriors, it's real tight to win that division. So you got Doc Rivers as the head coach. Doc Rivers, Mark Jackson, I'm taking Doc Rivers. So, uh, That'll okay. be that'll be a fun race, yes, sir. Now, two two teams you mentioned in the league: Indiana and Chicago. Ooh, Indiana, I like that. Reason uh, asking, Danny Granger hurt again. He's out three weeks because of a calf injury. And patient not that today. So is he on a down slope, or is this because he's plateaued already? At the very least, he's plateaued. We haven't seen him play. He only played five games last year. He missed the whole rest of the year because of the injury. And now he's having a calf injury. Now, this is not the same injury. Okay. But the Pacers are just wanting to make sure that everything is healed, rehab goes well. They don't want to rush him back and then really risk doing damage to the calf. So that's why they're going to give him two or three weeks to rehab, work out on his own, and come back when healthy probably, you know, end of November, first part of December. And keep in mind, the Pacers did all the damage last year. Got to the Eastern right. Conference Finals, gave the Heat fits without yeah. him. You know, so Danny Granger, Paul George is the man now. Replacing Danny Granger, Pacers have Luis Scola coming off the bench, so they've upgraded their bench, upgraded the guard play, which was uh, I think Corey Joseph was their backup guard last year. In the playoffs he got undressed. He just wasn't ready for prime time. No. So they've upgraded that position. So Pacers, Stop. Bulls. Brooklyn, the Heat had problems with big men last year in the playoffs. Roy Hibbert, they got Greg Oden. They're not expecting him to do a lot at all during the regular season, at all. But come playoff time, take up space. If he's healthy, take up space, commit, pick up six hard fouls. If he can get a dunk in, get three rebounds, just be serviceable in the playoffs. Yeah, be in the way. Come regular season, you know, you can play once a week. They don't really care. They don't care. And what folks don't Remember, uh, uh, you know, uh, want to want to kind of remember is that Kareem in his latter years he played half court. Right. He didn't he didn't run up and down the floor and all with with the, with the fellas. You know, he got his rebounds, he got his offense going, and that was it. You know, but he just rebounded, pass the ball, magic, buck, go down the floor, score, <laughs> come back down. I'll be back down here. Y'all come back. <laughs> hey, wait. And you, and you know you got a and you know you got a, a, a fast break stopper standing right there waiting. Yeah. Now. Chicago is Derrick Rose. Then the start of the season, I will. Derrick Rose is healthy. Derrick Rose is he's back. They got the whole season, last season off after the ACL injury. Some folks want him to come back in the playoffs and want to come back before he was ready. Bottom line, he wasn't ready. If it if it was just mentally, he wasn't he wasn't ready, and he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. So that's that's on him, and his return. Is so impactful that Vegas has them at second best team in the East ahead of the Pacers. I got no problem with that. I got a problem with that because he hasn't come back. He hasn't played yet this well, season. I agree. With you know, but he was the MVP before he got hurt, and I understand all that. But it's not like the Pacers are top liver now, so you know. But so. they they took prop bets up for a reason. 
They put Touche. And, and this is a person that goes to Vegas on a regular basis. They put prop bets up on Lucy. They put they get, they get put those numbers out there, and you people. They want to see where the money goes. So, yeah, they want to see where the money goes. Yeah, You know y'all want to take them long shots and, and take a chance. What about the Brooklyn Nets playoffs? That's all they really were trying to do. I mean, is get to the playoffs because they're old. Wait a minute. With Kevin on. Garnett and Paul Pierce, they're old. Those two men are old. That's true. That's true. They're not veterans. They're old. <laughs> when the playoffs start, that's when they become veterans again when they have the, the, the experience and the wily skills and how to elbow and, you know, and, you know, and shuffle their feet and not be caught with traveling and all that kind of stuff. But right now, they're old. But they'll be good enough. And Jason Kidd is first year head coach. Yeah. And we'll see how he manages those egos. You know, clearly Jason Kidd was a Hall of Fame point guard. He had a respect. For, on every team he played, he had that yeah, respect. That's true. That, that's Except it. maybe with the Mavericks and you well, know, we, we're not gonna go there. Go back way back when with Jamal Master and you know all those people. But um, <laughs> we're not gonna go there. <laughs> and, and people still still think that was probably the best squad they even with, even with this championship team that won. That group of players on that time period was talented. But um, you know, um, you, you got Darren Williams, Jason Terry. I forgot about him. Jason Terry coming off the bench. Oh, you know Jet. He's a streaky scorer. Oh, but like I said, come playoff time, that's going to become veterans. You know, the experience will kick in with going against these younger younger fellas. But going to 82 games, it's going to be harder for them to play, you know, back-to-back, four games, five nights, things like that. You know, I'm sure and their minutes will be cut back. This kid knows how to rest those, the, the old dudes to save them, for the, going to save their leg for the playoffs. But, you know, they have guys like Sean Livingston. Who had a gruesome knee injury seasons ago? He's finally back. He'll be coming off the bench for them. Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, as he was known with the Hawks. I mean, they have talent. Andre Blatch is there. You got uh, Brooke Lopez, great big man. Quiet as it's kept. Everybody talks about where do the great big men go. Big men are coming back in the, to the NBA. Thank you got goodness. Brooke Thank Lopez goodness. with Brooklyn. Roy Hibbert, the Pacers. You got Andre Drummond with the Pistons. White Howard. With the Rockets. There are big men, uh, DeAndre Jordan with the Clippers. There are, are talented big men. I mean big men. Centers. Yeah. Not the, the quote unquote Euro style big men who prefer to shoot outside and shoot, don't, don't post Man up. Yeah, I'm talking about big men who like back to the basket, score in the post, and defend their area around the hoop. So big men are back in the NBA. Thank goodness. You got something to say on that, sir? Oh no. I, I appreciate that. When I, when I see a, a good big man, Battle going on down on the floor. I'm gonna sit and watch. I don't care what else is going on. My my focus is looking at down on that on that 94 45. I want to touch on something I saw, and uh, I got this. It's not a bad thing, but I was asked to remove a video <laughs> by the NCAA <laughs> from women's side. And uh, it's, 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 it's no Friday. Friday the the uh, NCAA sent out their NCAA women's basketball side sent out uh, the rules and officially notes that the game officials, referees, are going to be emphasizing for the 13-14 season. And along with it was a video that the coaches and media could watch to get an idea of, you know, there's examples of what a foul would be called. This is a foul. This is not a foul. This is what we're going to be called this year. Things to look for. I posted it on my YouTube channel. No. Round bar of you. Right. I asked if I could yeah. beforehand, 
I didn't hear anything back. So I went ahead and posted it on Saturday. Sunday, no, I was asked to take it off. So, no matter. I took it off. It's not, not a big deal. You know, I'm still waiting for the link to the video that, so I can post it. Because I was asked to remove it, which I did. And then I was told I'd be sent a link to post and share on the social media site. I haven't got that yet. But anyway, on my women's suits blog at youtharoundbarview.com, I list some of the things that refs are going to be emphasizing, you know, areas of concern. Contact on and by the ball handler. Contact on the shooter. You know about some of these things. You see, sports sports, you know, men's and women's hoops. Shooters, got people shoot, athletes shoot, they get undercut. You know, follow through is coming in after the shot, fouls on call, end up on the floor, ref on call a foul. They're going to supposedly emphasize what's on the books. So if it's a foul, it's a foul. It's supposed to call it. And one thing's in the video. The uh, director said, of, of referees, of, of officials, said a foul is a foul regardless of, of when it is, a point in the game. So we'll see how, if they stick to that. One of my mentors coming through the rank, through the uh, referee ranks on both uh, football and basketball, Byron Johnson, basically said, what you see, you call. Because what you saw is what you read in the book. And the book is your Bible. A foul is a foul. And it doesn't matter at what, at what point of the game it happens, blow the whistle. Stand by your call, and everything will be alright. It'll work itself out. That's, and that's great. And that's how it should be. And it hadn't been that way. Exactly. And, and a lot of folks have started to complain from the, not just the coaches box, but from the commissioners, the conference commissioners, but now, and, that, and when that happened, then it became a problem. When the coaches would do, were starting to complain loud, or certain coaches were complaining loud, somebody listened, but it didn't happen until they got changed from the administration. Which usually, Dr. Red, you, you know, that's, 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 when user, that's when the fans get forced in, because now a meeting is called, and we need to make a change. Yeah, that's usually who's going to make the change when it comes. Uh, the administrators, the coaches usually delegate that it really does not become a key issue until the athletic administrators, particularly the commissioners, say, all right, let's deal with this. In the video, Gino Oriema and Muffin McGraw, you know, from head coach of Connecticut, Muffin McGraw, head coach of Notre Dame, speak at the end of the video how they are hoping and, you know, everything is beneficial, how these things work, you know, touches on how the fouls are fouls, they want the referees to call what they see, as you mentioned, Wildcat. And the coaches to leave the officials alone. For the officials to not get involved in discussions with the coaches from the box. He said coaches have to do a better job coaching their players to adjust to the rules, do a better job shooting. You know, fundamentals. All the fundamentals on the player's side, fundamentals on the coaching side, fundamentals on the, on the official side. Mm-hmm. So if everything... It's going to take some, it's gonna take some, some time, time to adjust on exactly. both sides. Now, they've been accustomed to some to, 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 to situational refereeing, is what I call it. And that's how you see, why you see things happen. At the beginning, it doesn't happen at the end. Right. I mean, and, and that, particularly that, the ability of the coaches to have that conversation. That's really going to change. Yeah. I know a lot of coaches really are big about talking to the officials in terms of explaining what went on. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, uh, it's a lot more easier 
for you to listen to a coach when he's either sitting in the box and talking to you as you go past, uh, as a conversation where you where he's talking lightly and you basically have to stop and listen yeah, to what he's got to say. Time out of it. Yeah. But other than that, when they're ranting and raving, I'm gonna be honest with you. Human being being a human being, don't hear you. Now, we, we talked about on the women's side, but some of these same points of emphasis are on the men's basketball, college basketball side as well. And you talked about walking, talked about players, coaches have to adjust. On Twitter, uh, Saturday, one of the people I follow, uh, Jeff Goodman for ESPN, got a word, because you can't watch media, you're not allowed to watch the uh, scrimmages between uh, teams, that one scrimmage had 61 fouls and 86 free throws. Another had 54 fouls and 68 free throws. Keep in mind, scrimmages are roughly, they're not full 20-minute halves, you know, they're simulated. Wow. That's so, a lot of adjustment. Exactly. That is a lot of adjustment. And having been in a game in that situation where I was coaching, I can tell you, you can grow old real quick because as a, from a coaching standpoint, you're looking around, and I'm being honest, uh, and I can say this now. You're looking at one game, and in your mind, you're looking at the referee and looking at, and hoping that he's looking at the same game, but the whistle is telling you something totally different. Well, I think what's interesting when you look at the scope of what's going on here, uh, from a marketing and business perspective, it looks as if um, people are starting to understanding, understanding that this defensive type overcoached game that you see at the college level is not doing well in translating in terms of people watching the game on television and the seats as well. So they're trying to make it a little more up-tempo offensively. So they want to get away from this defensive, uh, contact that you see going on at the college level and, and open it up. And in the transition, you're going to see a couple more files called as they try to let them know that, hey, that defense that you allowed to play a couple of years ago is not going to be allowed to play anymore. But it seems like, to me, that's kind of where it's going. It's trying to open up the game, get more scoring in the game. More movement uh, on offense, more free-flowing. They wanted to return to basketball and not football or hardwood. Uh, another tweet from, from Jeff Goodman. He said I like he heard it. from over and over from coaches during these after these scrimmages, tons of fouls called. Expect a lot more zone defense this year because of all the, the calls being made. You know, during the scrimmages, players got to adjust, and players got to learn how to move their feet. Got to learn how to defend with their feet as opposed to their hands. You know, you, you can't touch. You can't. You're not allowed to basically guide person with the ball with your hand. Right. You know, you can't push where you want them to go. So we'll see how players adjust and it's going to be, and if the officials do what they say they're going to do, call everything, it's a long basketball game. We'll see how the fans adjust. I mean, it is ultimately to improve the game, to make it more free-flowing, but the transition that period. transition period is going to be a lot of tweets of the whistle, yeah. which will result in a lot of tweets on Twitter I can't believe they call that. Why they call that? They didn't call this. They call this. So let's, let's see how it all 
works out this season will be a, a transitional period. But basketball season is here. I am thrilled. Uh, I will say also one thing, no specifics, but the uh, U of H men scrimmage against LSU over weekend. And according to uh, Jeff Goodman, Cougars, Tayshawn Thomas, and Daniel House stood out, played quite well. So that's a good positive something to look forward to for the Cougar fans mm-hmm. out there as the season approaches. I mean, the wing and the forward is inside forward side is pretty much well taken care of. Which we expected. The problem is going to come down to the Cougars point guard. Right. That's what it's going to come and, down to. When folks asked me uh, after I got back from uh, media day, I was crazy. You know, who, first of all, who came? I told them how to get, you know, get to the information and stuff. Uh, then the next time they came out, what's the point guard? What's the guard play going to be like? I said, nobody knows. I said, it's until the coach mentions, until they get minutes in a game situation. It's not, you know, in scrimmage or practice. That's when you'll find out. I mean, that's, a, that's where you are now. Because it's, it's all a question mark. Season hasn't started, you haven't played nobody. Scrimmage, as, as uh, KG said, they're, they're one thing. But when the clock is up, the lights are on, and they got the balls out there, and three guys in sight running up and down the floor, directing traffic. We're going to all find out. Now, personally, I think uh, toward the end of last season, Cougs' best point guard was Tion Womack. He, probably, he should start this season. LJ Rose, you know, the transfer from Baylor. From Houston area, played in Westbury Christian. I think will be the second point guard. Who's a freshman, Jaron Sims. Uh, highly touted from Dayton, Ohio. But from what I saw in practice, I don't think Jaron was ready yet. So, and I've heard from other people that I trust that they weren't, they did not think he was ready to take over this year's squad and lead them as a freshman. We could be wrong. We'll see how things play out. But those three young men will be in charge. Uh, run the offense. I think Keon Womack and, L- and um, LJ Rose are the two to get it done. And how well they play, or how poorly they play, or how inconsistently they play will take the team far or not far. If they don't go very far, uh, I think it would be changes from the coaching staff on down. I'm expecting them to do well this season. Got a lot of talent. Front court, post, Wings, shooting guard, everything else seems to be solid. Point guard is a question mark. Gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up. Walk out, can folks find you again, sir? Folks can find me online on Twitter, YouTube, uh, and uh, Blogger. And Telly, apparently. Telly, uh, at uh, AKSV, DCSR, the College Sports Report. I'm also an online reporter for. Uh, and the print uh, issue of a King Size View. The new paper will be out this week. We just finished up uh, with the uh, ninth annual Booker Bryant uh, game on Friday night at Delmar Stadium. HISD um, has a couple of teams we're looking forward to, but right now it's not Booker T. I'm um, being honest about that. I, you know what I saw Friday? Uh, I was not happy with uh, with. Uh, the, the state of all. Uh, how, how times have changed yeah. when I was younger, and, and, high school and, age, younger than that. It was, it was, it was not easy on that, knowing what I know about the historic, uh, the history of Washington football, especially when, uh, they broke out of, uh, they were the first, uh, uh, integrated team, a team from the, uh, black schools to break out into 
the uh, integration on UIL combined to open it all up for everybody. Um, I was very happy and at that point, and now uh, I am not. It was just not a good, good night for me. And and Jay Wild is even more of a right. historic. And, and I didn't. I mean, I don't. Well, to your thunder, but you know, every year Jay Wild plays Madison. I didn't. I did not realize Madison had won five in a row with Jay Wild in the series. Yes. My word. Growing up, that 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 just wasn't even thought of, man. <laughs> so. And I'm not intending that as a shot at Madison. Right. But just to not beat JY five years in a row, that, that just didn't happen. But continue, sir. I'm sorry. Did you no, no, but that, no, you know. no, because it's, 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 the three of us are concerned about our schools, uh, our education. We, you know, watching what's going on at the, at the institution on the secondary and on the uh, uh, public education side. Uh, we're not happy right now, the three of us. You know, what no, we see going no, on. No. And that's why we bring up, you know, the situation like at Howard and, and, and Grambling and, uh, we want that to get better. We want CSU football program to get better. You know, it's, uh, we want always, always want, uh, Preview and Ticket CSU to compete in the swag. You know, and then, it, you know, you draw, you draw a line in the sand when they're playing, uh, playing against each other. But other than that, you want them to just roll over everybody else in, in, in the sweat. That's just how you want it to be. But uh, moving on with that, uh, uh, right now, uh, uh, ACU, they're on that, uh, they've got two games left. Texas College uh, this weekend. And then uh, for uh, homecoming, they have uh, Texas A&M uh, Commerce uh, on the 12th. And they have, uh, both those games will be late. On the 9th, I'm sorry. Uh, both those games will be at State Jesuit, and it'll be a good weekend. Uh, they've had an interesting year. Uh, they started season, season, so, uh, you know, just enjoy it for what it is, and then that's it. Uh, one other thing, Conference USA, they've got quite a few teams that going voting this year. Uh, be happy for, uh, Lane, Rice, North Texas, if uh, they need one more win to qualify, uh, and then, after that, folks, you know, the season will be over with for some teams, and then that will be moving on the bowl game. And with that, I'm done for the time. I think. Is there any other questions you have for me today? No, no. Go, go ahead, Doc. Yes, you can find me uh, on the social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-E-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, D-R-K-E-N-Y-E-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook. As well as Instagram. Hadn't reached the other levels yet. I'll see if I can catch up with you after I play with it for a while. And I'm going to tell you. You, you can also, um, get me at, uh, collegesportingnews.com. Again, you get the top 10 coming out on Monday. That's on autodon.com as well as tsnsports.com. And then the preview for the weekend on collegesportingnews.com. Real quick, Doc. Any more word on Jackson State? Uh, Grambling State, Jackson State, we're talking about, uh, their president or whatever doing some things, taking some legal yeah, action. Yeah, legal action, that's still on the table. There's nothing really moving forward in terms of the next step on that. My understanding that that hasn't quelled down. I know as President Rudley of Texas Southern, who's the, uh, chair of the Council of Presidents for the SWAC, 
is really trying to mediate that situation between the two presidents at Grambling State and Jackson State, respectively. So it's something to keep your eye on it. But at this point, there's no new news on what's to take place next. But I think at this point, uh, they'll silently move forward unless uh, President Rutledge can get them to kind of move down. One thing I will say update is the fact that there has been a move by Grambling State quietly to suggest that they may play two games in a row at Jackson State to kind of say, um, yeah, we, we didn't do right by you all in that situation. So hopefully that will kind of help cooler heads prevail uh, if they decide to move forward. But that's probably the latest in terms of something off the table that may move forward and kind of rectify that situation. Sounds good. Thank you very much. And once again, I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. The website is www.houstonroundballreview.com. Houston Round Ball Review is the YouTube channel. I also have a Facebook fan page for the Houston Round Ball Review. I'm on Twitter at C-H-E-H-R Review. Also Instagram at Houston Round Ball Review. So I'm on the social media as well. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you to our audience today. We're growing and getting bigger and better. And people come watch us do, watch us do our thing. So uh, spread the word about the podcast. Thank you as always for listening to KG, the Wildcat, and Doc Podcast. And as I always wrap it up, in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.